Watching this series or season premiere really uh, got me jazzed for season six in a way that I didn't think was possible. Um, but of course, I'm not alone to talk about this. I've got Matt with me as well. And how are you doing today? Yeah, it's bittersweet, isn't it? Uh, to finally be here at season six. It is uh, pretty insane how fast we did it and how far we've come in the time period that we did so. But I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here at season six. I think that every season has something. I think if you're a Glee fan, then uh, you, you know, you obviously have your favorites of seasons and songs and characters, but... Uh, there's very few of all of the above that I genuinely dislike, whether it's a season or character, you know, it's all part of a show that, that we enjoy. So season five had some rough parts. We got through it. Season six might not be the exact season six that pe- or a final season of the show that people would have wanted. But I think overall, from what I remember of season six, having watched it probably twice before this, um, I do have some good memories of a lot of things that happen, and I'm excited to get into it as well. I agree with what you just said. I think that this premiere uh, episode of the season really got me excited for what's to come. Very, very excited. Um, We ended on a cliffhanger for season five, so we weren't quite sure where they were going to go with the show. And the reports that the season was going to be truncated to 13 episodes sort of had a few fans concerned Mm -hmm. um, because we already felt like the show was in a bit of a disarray towards the end of season five. So the fact that they shortened the order from 22 episodes to 13 a lot of us were concerned to thinking oh my goodness how are they going to be able to wrap this up in 13 episodes they're really going to um end the show on a bad note aren't they but i mean we we, i guess that's certainly a conversation that we'll have as we progress through the uh season but i think as far as the first episode goes it sort of recaptured my attention when i watched it the first time because it starts off in a place that seasons don't usually start off with with glee um, unless you count the first season. And yeah, I was kind of, uh, it felt like a different show, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been having some issues with a couple of things. And maybe I'm, uh, I should specifically talk for myself here with a couple of the characters and the directions that their storylines were going, you know, especially the ones that were really with us through the entire New York City era. And a lot of those storylines, I just started to be like, all right, we get it. Like, Clayne is fighting, Rachel's annoying, this and that. And, you know, if we're going to do a final season of the show, I need to I need to feel something different. I need to feel a shift. I need to feel like I have reason to be invested in these characters again for the final 13 episode stretch that we're going to be with them for. Uh, you know, if we were just going on with the exact same path that we were on, that would just not have been, you know, the ideal setup. Uh, Ryan Murphy had said at the time that season six was, you know, going to be the show's last. It wasn't going to be in New York, uh, just like, you know, like it had been and uh, that he was he acknowledged that there was going to be a time jump so 
I think that that is a significant part of all of this. The fact that not only is it just, you know, some characters are going to kind of be shifting into some of the corrections that I feel needed to be mated. Uh, well, I just made up a word, mated. Uh, made. Uh, but they obviously, like, by, by allowing time to pass, you can kind of overlook some things that maybe switch so fast. Like when we start off this episode, we see where Rachel is. I can overlook what might've happened in between and say, you know what? I just don't care. I'm happy to just be where we are now and move forward. Like it, it, it's not like we jumped ahead six years. It's just a couple, you know, a couple months ahead. We're in a new part of the show, a new era time to just move forward. And I'm, I, I was happy with it. Yeah. I, um, I was happy with the time jump as well. I mean, time jumps, time, time jumps can be very dicey sometimes, but I think that, you know, in regards to this, yeah, I agree with you. I don't really need to know exactly everything that went down because I feel like that's sort of unimportant. I feel like a lot of people lost interest with the New York era anyway. So, um, you know, sort of like extending that into figuring out where exactly all the characters go into season six. Yeah, yeah, not really necessary. So I felt like that was pretty appropriate. Pretty strong waiting choice there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, this... And can can you believe that this episode uh, aired, or the, the premiere of this episode was January 2015. Uh, we're only in 2020. It's only been, what, six years from... Five years. 16, well, no, I, I, I know... I always get confused. Like, obviously, the math of, like, 2020 minus 2015 would be... Fu- but, like, I feel like it's been... Especially where we are now... January 2015 to 16 to 17 to 18 to 19 to 20. Okay, yeah, because we're, we're getting, we're on like almost into the sixth year being done. So we're getting closer to it being almost. six years. Once we hit January 2021, yeah, right. it will have officially been six years since the beginning of season six. Right. So I, it doesn't feel like it's been so, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say it doesn't feel like so recent. I feel like five, six years feels like it could, you know. I don't know. Just so much has happened, I guess, in the time since then. Uh, but then when you get to this episode and you see Leah Michelle singing Let It Go, I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> we had an entire Trump presidency in between all of that, which can make time just seem very, very crazy because I agree with you. Well, yeah, it that it doesn't really feel uh, that long ago. Um, but so much has happened in the world since then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, time just feels kind of strange. Yeah. But, yeah. It's um. Glee, that's why whenever Ryan Murphy talks about rebooting the show, I'm like, mm, no, too soon. Too soon. It really wouldn't be a reboot at this point. It would just be a continuation. Like a reboot, I feel like you need at least a decade in between. I, I feel <laughs> so. like at this point we're, for, for some, you know, some uh, for a variety of reasons, I feel like there's no need, no actual, like like a reboot is not getting us anywhere. Unless they're starting over yeah. new, like you said, with the new characters. Like obviously revisiting the old characters would just kind of, not be great for a lot of reasons no i don't really care to see any of them after this um and just in terms of the tv scape in general the need for musical comedies or musical dramas is being met mm-hmm. i mean there are other shows that have come out since glee that have incorporated music into their into their scripts as well so it's not like glee uh, glee, glee was a pioneer in a lot of ways but now people have sort of taken over mm-hmm. so i'm not necessarily sure people are chomping at the bit i mean you know Hit us back up in 2025, then maybe we'll be singing a different tune. (laughs) For sure. Um, And just a couple more things to set things up before we get into the episode. Uh, Some fun facts, some not-so-fun facts, whatever. Uh, This this episode was a part of a two-part premiere. In case anybody is watching along for the first time and you stopped, you know... 
watching to listen to the podcast uh, and you you know just to put it into context this was aired on on that day January 9th 2015 and then the second episode of the season aired right back to back with it so we uh, go right into the homecoming episode which I'm really excited to get into um, this is uh, also a couple of facts from the Glee Wiki this is the first and only season premiere where Artie and Tina do not appear so that's I found interesting. Uh, first, this is the fifth episode ever to be written by all co-creators. The other episodes are the pilot episode, uh, episode number two, Showman's, the quarterback, episode 100, and then the final two episodes of this season uh, to be written by all three of Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. And uh, just some casting updates from this season. Uh, starting in uh, season six, we have Dot Marie Jones and Amber Riley, of course, uh, uh, Coach Beast. And... Mercedes were promoted back to regular cast or for uh, Coach Beast. It was the first time to be on the uh, main cast. And then we have, uh, sadly, uh, a couple of bigger cast members that were demoted to uh, recurring cast. Uh, Naya Rivera, Jenna Ushkowitz, Becca Tobin, Alex Newell, Jacob Artist, Blake Jenner, uh, all obviously taking a little bit of a backseat, uh, some more than others, as we we're going to see all the new kids obviously are nowhere to be found uh, except for one. So we'll get into all of that, but just uh, some updates if you, like, you know, if you're watching the show for the first time or just kind of to keep it all together with some of these bits that I, uh, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was kind of um, annoyed with the fact that we got a two-part premiere because I remember being like, well, damn, like, I don't want the show to end so quickly and it's already 13 episodes and now you're telling me that I'm gonna get, we're going to get two of them out of the way in one night. I was sort of like, oh, God, they just really, they just want to be done, don't they? But, I mean, I understand why they did it that way because the second episode, you know, works as the perfect continuation to the first. But, yeah. Uh, but all right. I mean, I guess without any further ado, we can stop prolonging the inevitable. I feel like we don't want it to be over, so we just keep talking. No, no, no. There's just so much to talk about. There's so much to uh to set up and to to get into as we go. I mean, it's not like the first few seasons where things were just you know happening. Things were flowing. It was tour this song that everybody was having a great time. Like now we're at a part where it's like there's pieces missing here and pieces being added, and it's just so much stuff to follow. If you weren't you know following along while it was all airing or whatnot, so I'm sure this isn't going to be the uh, only episode of the season where we're like having to explain things as as they come up of like why is this person here? Why is this person not here so but yeah we can get into it yeah let's do it all right well no previously or here's what you missed on glee or whatever because it's the first episode we're back in california we get a snapshot of variety magazine listing that's so rachel as one of the worst television premieres ever we're in rachel's trailer her publicist nancy i guess she just ditched mercy or um santana well mercedes santana's on tour so i guess she, <laughs> she couldn't get the job but she tells Rachel, she's like, oh, look, Rachel Berry was great on Broadway and maybe she can work on TV. But the show and her performance is the kind of thing that ends careers, not starts them. Rachel says, I said I only wanted to hear the good ones. And Nancy says, well, that was a good one. It says maybe you can work in TV. Um, but we're going to get Lee Pawblatt and his slimy, smarmy looking ass coming into the trailer to give Rachel some bad news. He's been fired. And also that's so Rachel has been canceled. They had the worst, they like the first TV show in history to get a zero share. He said that he knew that he was right when he said that people wanted to watch live television shows, but they don't want to watch this shit. 
Rachel's like, oh, well, do you think that we can get people to watch the second one? She's like, oh, no, 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 no. You got Nambla on my ass. You've got PETA on my ass, the NAACP. Everybody hates you. You have found a way to offend every special interest group in this country. And I don't want to point the fingers at you, but I have to because, you know, you're the face of it. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got two families to feed. Actually, I do know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go run another wet work. So we're done. Um, he gets up to leave. Rachel, uh, Rachel's like, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what you must be feeling. He's like, you feel the same. You should feel the same way, honey. You're fired as well. Rachel, it's, it's gone. The show is done. And she's like, well, what do I do now? He says, what everyone else that fails miserably does, just blame everyone else and then go home. <laughs> so show's done. I don't even know what that is anymore. Okay, dramatic. Oh, girl, it's Ohio. <laughs> it, right. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess it could have been New York, but whatever. Um, yeah, uh, that's so... Sorry, I should have sang it. That's so, Rachel. It's the future I can see. It's the failure I can see. That's so, Rachel. So mysterious me. Yeah. It's a monstrosity. Uh, should have gotten a cover of that song, shouldn't we? Um, all right, so why not? I guess we'll work in a That's So Raven uh, reference here because... Again, why not? Uh, Lee Paul Blatt, yeah, making a little guest appearance here to just ruin Rachel's life and send her off back into the world as quickly as possible, which, like I was saying, I think it's a good thing. Let's just wrap this up. This was stupid in the first place, the way that we just switched Rachel's career from... You know, being on Broadway, achieving her dreams to I want to go be on a television show and, and maybe be in TV and movies like, OK, no, like that, not not totally unrealistic for somebody to want to do that. Uh, it doesn't line up with anything that we had ever known about Rachel for four, uh, pretty much five full seasons of the show at this point. So uh, the TV thing didn't make sense. And I don't know how she ended up here on this show. I mean, I guess if we think back to the audition that she had, uh, remember the one where she sang, even though they were like, this is not a singing audition. And and then she was doing some like Star Wars play acting with that random guy. So if you think back to that and the script that was happening there, you can kind of see where That's So Rachel was doomed to fail from the start. So she was set up for failure here. Uh, and as we're going to see later with uh, a little clip of That's So Rachel, we'll see later in the episode. This was a uh, uh, just a mess. And it's much better for her career that she's getting out now. Go home, figure something out, reset, get out of there. Yeah, I mean, the foreshadow was on the wall. Uh, like, Mary Halloran told Rachel, I mean, okay, I'll find you a script that doesn't have to make people hate themselves, but it's never going to work. And she went ahead and did it, and the network picked it up. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised that Lee went ahead and greenlit, those sh greenlit the show when Mary said that this is a show that he usually doesn't greenlight in the first place. But I guess maybe they made a few adjustments here and there but it doesn't look like they didn't make too many because like you're right we did get to see a bit of the uh show later on and it's bad it's like really 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 bad mm -hmm. and i don't know I, I don't understand how rachel thought that it was that this was going to work anyway and i don't understand why I, I don't understand why she wanted to do this to begin with because tv was never her thing so yeah she um she has to leave her trailer um it's a nice trailer you too you can see it is a nice trailer you can see them breaking down the set a girl in a golf cart comes to pick her up with all of her supplies and stuff and her belongings from the trailer and drives her off the lot and slams the... Well, she didn't slam the door on her face, but it, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> the sliding doors are shut in her face and she is left out in the cold. It was cold as LA can get. <laughs> and yeah. um, she is singing... Uh, what is the name of this song by Alanis Morissette? Uninvited. Uninvited. You and your killer notes are here to stick with us all the way through season six. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Yes, uh, this is a, this is a, a strong cover from Rachel to start off. I, I remember, I feel like every time I watch this episode or every time that I hear this song from her, I feel like I'm higher and higher on it. And I mean, that's where I am right now. I think it's really good. So what the hell is happening here? Like, not only like, like this is like happening, you know, it's, we, we get the storyline, the main gist of it, that Rachel's show is not working out and then she's going to leave and head back home. But then they hit us with, not only is she like, she it's like time to go home the set's being broken down everybody's done but she gets in this golf cart gets driven to the exit of the set like not even like a limo service back to the hotel that she lives at or wherever she's staying not even like she is dropped off at the exit with a box of her stuff and just had uh, the gate is closed on her and this is the star of this show just sent off on her way i was like is this supposed to be like a representation of what actually happens in hollywood because damn if that has actually ever happened to like the star of a show oh my goodness i uh wouldn't i mean she don't work there no mirror she got fired she don't got no business being on the premises. Come on. This is private property. Come on. She was booted out the door on a golf cart and had the gate slammed in front of her. That is What brutal. do you want them to do? Well, you want them to like walk? You want them all to walk hand in hand to the door with her? I want her to get into a it car busy. and go home like a normal person. I mean, she could have probably caught a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, I an, she probably could have called an Uber after she was off the lot. Okay, look at her face and tell me that she looks like she's about to go call an Uber. No, she's about to walk home wherever she lives. She was just completely kicked out of the set as if, you know, she was just scum on earth. Which maybe Rachel <laughs> deserves, but it was still I mean, was I don't know brutal. what you want them to do. Like, what are they? it's not their job to make sure that she gets home. She no longer works there. She is fired, okay? Okay, and there's no need to kick her out in this awful fashion i mean again if there was ever a person that i think deserves this maybe it is rachel but i i no, like just let her go home when she's going home she's not gonna stick around all day it's been like five minutes since she started singing the song back in the trailer and you're already pushing her out the door i mean she has no business being there <laughs> like what do you want her to do? they packed up her things for her and they drove her to the exit you love to fight me <laughs> i'm just saying like i mean hey when you get fired, it's not like they're going to walk hand in hand to you to the, to the door. It's like, it is what it is. Like I look forward the to the next time What's you the get world? fired and sent to the front of the door and not allowed to look back and turn around and even say goodbye to anybody on your job site. I mean, she could have said goodbye. No, she had no time. The, the the golf cart came, picked her up. She sang the song and was was kicked right out. I mean, I feel like she had to know this was coming anyway. I mean, it's not like the, the, the secrets about the ratings. Were, I mean, it was on the cover of Variety magazine, like... I feel like this was probably uh, the last possible day that she could have been on set because it's not like they, I mean, they must have, re did. well, I mean, did they, because they said it was a live television show, which was interesting. So I guess they must have, they didn't even um, start with episode two. They just, uh, all she got to do was one episode. That sucks. <laughs> Ooh, what a flame out. What a flame out. Anyway, she's going to go back to, um, back to Ohio. We see her walk back into her old room with her suitcase. Everything is sort of still where, where she left it when she left at the end of season three. I, I, I like that that was like a nice callback because I think it's the same suitcase that she had when she left with Finn mm -hmm. um, at the train station. Um, but her, uh, one of her dads, which one is this? Is this Leroy? This is Leroy, right? I forget. Hi Hiram? No, he's, he's Leroy. I think Hiram's a Jewish one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in and he says, oh, I'm so glad that you're back home. She says, I don't understand what's going on. Like, where's dad? And he sits her down and he says, honey, your dad and I are getting a divorce. Rachel can't believe it. She's like, oh, my God, I feel like I died and now I'm in hell. He said, it's been bad for a very long time. We agreed to wait to tell you until you came out of seclusion. Uh, you had enough on your plate, uh, which Rachel understands. Um, but he says, I'll, I'll tell you more over dinner. She says, Dad, I don't, I don't really know how long I'm going to be staying. 
and he says, you can stay with me for as long as you want. Um, but I did put the house on the market two weeks ago, so... <laughs> So it's like, oh, they know she can't stay. <laughs> so where are you going? Like, He's like, yeah, you can follow me wherever I go, but not going to be here. <laughs> you ain't got to leave, but you mm-hmm. can't stay here. <laughs> yep. They say you have to lose everything before you can really find yourself, Rachel. So some wise words from dad. She's going to get a lot of wise words in this episode from a lot of people, isn't she? Her dads were, like, not present at all for, like, everything that was going on. Like, we didn't get to see them come to like, her. She was, they weren't even there for a fucking opening night. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, like, they weren't present at all. I mean, I know that the, the TV thing was very fast and fleeting, but they weren't, we didn't get a phone call with them or anything. Like, it seems like they were just, like, gone the whole time, so. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the, Rachel's relationship with her dads has never been the kind of, like, if this was Kurt or if it had been Finn, you know, their parents were, like, so present in their stories, so if there was anything that big happened to them, it made sense to get, you know, Bert and Carol on set for the day. But Rachel, I mean, her dads have come up before, and she she would, you know, earlier in the, in the early seasons of the show, she would just mention them, like, by the, you know, by who they are, my two gay dads. And then once we met them, then I guess, you know, there was a little bit of a shift. But yeah, they've never really been super present uh, in, in much of what's going on, because they probably know that, you know, they can come and try to influence her in one way or another, but it's not going to work because she's going to do whatever she wants to do anyway. So uh, I guess they can just come and be supportive or they can just uh, give her a phone call when the cameras aren't on. And uh, that's probably when what went down. But yeah, so sucks to uh, sucks to be Rachel here as she has to return home uh, completely empty handed, like you said, with that same pink suitcase that she left with uh, two years back. And she's returning to a whole different world. I mean, it's not like she's coming back to a place where her friends are all still here and she, you know, she doesn't have any empty. She doesn't have any kind of idea of what is next. So it's such a reset for Rachel that. Uh, like I, I was saying, if we're not going to go back to Broadway, this was exactly what they needed to do with her to just kind of start over and, and let's do something new. Yeah, uh, it w- it was an interesting visual to see her walk back into her room. It, I, 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 I sort of like know what that feels like because coming back home after college, even it feels that way going back into my old childhood room and like the town sort of, sort of just feels a little empty because, you know, all of your friends are off in other places and it's just a different atmosphere. So I I. Uh, that visual really spoke to me, at least. Um, but we're going to see her later on in the uh, coffee bean. The lima bean, rather. And she orders a soy latte. She's trying to be covert. She's got, like, a big-ass sun hat on, sunglasses. Um, <laughs> but who was working at the fucking lima bean that would blow her cover? None other than Prince. Well, not Principal. Barista Figgins. Janitor Figgins. I don't know what he's doing over there. Uh, but he's there now because... Sue has cut his janitor hours, and he's like, oh, my God, is that uh, McKinley's own Rachel Berry? Holy shit, Mama, you failed. <laughs> you failed horribly. This soy latte's on me. You guys see this? Rachel Berry, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Berry. Yeah, TV show sucked. Here's some free coffee. Awesome. Blaine is also there. This is the first time we see Blaine, and he's uh, uh, accompanying her, trying to, you know, help her to calm down. And Rachel's, like, begging for her card back and everything. But by the time she gets back to the table, her cover's been blown. So she's like, well, great. Well, I guess there's no point in having this shit on anymore. All I've ever wanted is to come home and have everyone know my name. And now they do, but only because I was involved in the worst television show in history. Blaine is like, you know what, Rachel? No one has heard from you in months. Uh, She's like, well, that's because I went into hiding. Um, But, you know, I'm good now. I'm, I'm good, and I'm getting my life back together. And uh, I just want to start over with everything being good. Blaine is going to inform her that he wants to he wants to help her out, 
But Rachel doesn't understand why she, why he is back. She's asking, where's Kurt? Um, he says, well, you've been in hiding for a long time. Kurt and I broke up. It got really, really bad. So like, all the gays in her life are just breaking up. <laughs> her dad's like breaking up. Her two gay besties are broken up. Uh, but Egwene explains that, yeah, it got really different once we were the only two left in the loft. I just feel like we were too young. Um, everyone says that that's exactly what happens to high school relationships after the first year of college. But I really wanted us to be different. I got super depressed after we broke up and my grades had to slip. And then, then I got cut from Niata. So I just decided to come back, move home. But you know what? I did get a job. I am now the new vocal director for the Warblers. Rachel's confused because she's like, you don't need like some sort of like teaching certificate or college degree for that. He's like, well, no, I don't really have a real certification or anything. I'm not really real faculty, though. And the old one got like Ebola or something. This is like during the Ebola crisis. Um, so timely. Um, so it kind of worked out. Um, but you know what, Rachel, like we're both here. We're both home. I think we need to make a promise to each other uh, that from here on out, it's you and me together. And we're going to turn these lemons into lemonade. I don't know about all these promises to each other feel like uh, uh, they they can go pretty poorly, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, this this scene is um, another one that I, I was I was good. I was good with this. Uh, obviously, the episode being titled Loser Like Me. And then throughout this whole scene, we have Loser Like Me playing in the background of uh, like an acoustic version of it. That's just like a very slowed down, like season five type uh, version of Loser Like Me that, uh, I mean, that show, that, that song obviously connects with the show since it was done in the first time that it was done. And it became like an anthem for the show in a way. And I think they're really trying to push the vibe of like, both of them are feeling like total failures at this point. I mean, Blaine, not, not as much, I guess, because he ended up getting a job and he seems to be in a somewhat good head place. But, you know, point is they both not are, are both are not where they expected that they would be at this point in their lives after all the success that they had had to this point. So, yeah, it's nice to see them reconnecting here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm big into like the uh, the outfit choices for whatever reason, like the blue and pink really, really like contrast each other very well from the scene. So I liked the way that they were dressed uh, fashion compliment for me. Um, um, Blaine, I think Blaine was also wearing pink pants, right? He was wearing like blue, uh, like a navy blue shirt or something, uh, and pink jeans. Yes, I believe so. He he definitely had a blue shirt on. I can't remember the the pants. Yeah, you can you can just imagine that's exactly what Blaine would wear anyway. I'm pretty sure that's what he had on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, good to see them back together, and glad that we are acknowledging the time jump, and I'm glad that we're acknowledging the fact that Rachel completely missed out on so much stuff while she was gone because you know she doesn't give a crap a single one about any of her friends. So while she was gone, she just completely like did not get any updates on anybody because she was so busy focused on herself and how things go. So I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. To me yeah uh she i mean this is exactly what rachel would do after such intense embarrassment uh, and you know some guilt there too because i mean she had a bunch of people in her life telling her that this might not be the best decision starting off with carmen thibodeau but she spit in her face and then uh, uh kurt tried to tell her not to do it but then you know and sydney said that i would like sydney said don't do this so i don't even know how she got away with this without even getting like branded a uh, terrible person to work with and would never get any more jobs Although it looks like this is kind of foreshadowing for Leah Michelle's career. But anyway. And let me just have a brief 10 seconds here to be thankful about the end of Clane for the time being. <laughs> let me have that moment. Uh, sorry to the Clane stands. I know there's still some of you out there. 
But come on, we needed we needed that to happen. Uh, watch further into season into the season. You know that these two. I mean, literally in this episode alone, they uh, reunite for just uh, you know, like they're obviously not ever going to be able to fully back away from each other's lives. So uh, keep watching. We'll see how this all plays out. But oh man, do they need to uh, need to be broken up? The end of season five, and then they like they're having so many things go wrong, and then they move in together. Like of course it ended. Of course things did not end well. Like I could have told you that from. I mean I don't remember what I was thinking at the end of season five. But if I was placing predictions uh, as to a real life like what would happen to these two, of course they were going to break up. So um, sorry again to the Clayton fans, but happy to hear it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get this performance. I guess they leave the uh, lima bean and go to some bookstore. I don't know. Um, and they are going to sing Suddenly Seymour together from Little Shop of Horrors. Are you familiar with Little Shop of Horrors? I have not. It's a good one. It's a good one. There was a lot of talk about um, Lady Gaga playing Audrey in the uh, film version. And I think, what's his face from Pose? Um, Billy Porter. Billy Porter is supposed to play the the big ass plant mm. and i forget who's suppo- who's supposed to play um seymour but i don't i think lady, lady gaga is now out of the running for it but oh. see uh, it's one of my favorite musicals we did it like my senior year at college and i wanted to be seymour so 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 badly and i got a callback for it and i made it to like the final round of auditions it was between me and this other guy but i was also up to be the plant as well and I guess there was no one else that could do the plant, so they made me the plant, and I never got to be Seymour, and I'm still kind of like bitter about it, but it's fine. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're bringing up some uh, sad stuff from your past today. Well, I brought it up. You didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was in 11th grade and we did Pippin? Yes, you have. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's good for them. I don't know if they were, like, making their bid to be in the running to be Audrey and Seymour because that's what, like, the film adaptation of... Well, it's already been adapted to film, um, but there's another one coming out. So I was, like... We started hearing rumbles of it back in 2015, so I was like, hmm, are they, like, trying to audition? Is this, like, hmm, okay. This is is part of the beginning of Act 2 of the Leah Michelle Darren Chris tour that will begin a few years later. Um, Well, that's not an actual fact. Uh, I feel like I might have presented it like that. Um, Just a joke. I love jokes. I'm so good at jokes. Uh, So I really like this performance a lot. I am really, really into the way that their voices blend together on this one. I think I've always been into Blaine and Rachel duets. Uh, They just don't happen as often as I would expect them to. We obviously, like, going all the way back to Blame It on the Alcohol, when we have the two of them together singing Don't You Want Me, and then I'm, I'm sure there's more, but I'm thinking of last season when they sang... Uh, Broadway baby together like their their voices blend really well together it's no surprise they went on tour together so this is a really good cover again I like the outfit choices for some reason they just really pop and stand out um, and it just works together and yeah I'm I'm into this number yep 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 suddenly Seymour suddenly he purified you suddenly Seymour yes you can be the girl that's inside you. All right. That was all over the place, but yeah, that was my indulgence for the day. All right. Well, back at McKinley, America, Ohio's winningest cheerleading coach, Ohio's winningest principal. Test scores are up. Body mass indexes are down. How'd I do it? The Sue Sylvester three-point plan. One, a complete dietary overhaul. Protein shakes and raw kale. Sue Sylvester is triumphant. 
Number two, mandatory random weigh-ins and body shaming. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> this part is really bad. Oh, yeah. All the big all the big kids get weighed. Then they get put into a pig pen where they were forced to wear pig noses while the rest of the less heavy kids walk by them and laugh at them. It's horrible. Can I, like, I but just... three. Like, imagine, just, like, put yourself in this world for a brief second and imagine this was happening at your school. Like, imagine people that you know. Imagine anybody going through this kind of, like... Oh my goodness. I like I like sometimes, you know, a lot of the Sue Sylvester stuff, it's like, okay, she threw something. That would be crazy if that happened in a school. But like just imagine actual body shaming happening from the principal of a teacher. A uh, principal what the hell? Principal of a school. I just I can't. Ugh. Three. Occasionally releasing hounds. My crowning achievement? Getting rid of that glee club. Making sure that every last one of those sitter-diddled transvestites were forcibly transferred to other schools and converting this place into the beehive of learning it is today. Boo. Heck, I even got William that job at Carmel High to assure myself nothing but blissful nights Yay! Sleep. Look at this place. I'm helping to create the next great innovators in this country. You know why America's falling behind? Because every kid thinks they should be a rap mogul or a movie star. Yes, young man whose name I will never care to know, if there's one thing I am most proud of, it's the fact that I have proven once and for all, young minds do not need the humanities or the arts. Of course, at the end of this scene, we uh, we get Rachel, who has made her way to McKinley. I'm not sure why, but she's at McKinley, and she sees this new computer lab uh, for the first time. I mean, Sam has seen it. I'm sure he texted a picture to the group chat, but you know that Rachel's had that uh, group chat on mute since the day that she went to New York. So uh, that's, you know, she's seeing it for the first time and Sue has gotten her way. It's been like that for a while now, but we're finally learning about what happened to Jake, to Marley, to Unique, to Ryder, and we think to Kitty. Hmm, we'll see if we see Kitty or not um, anytime soon. But... Come on, we really have to do this. I mean, we I think we talked about this at the end of season 5. We could have brought back not like some of them. Um I uh, Melissa Benoist of course off doing a new project as Supergirl, so she's out of the cards. Uh don't need Ryder back. Blake Jenner can go. But Jacob Artist, come on. We could have had him back. We really could have had him back. The thirst of it all. The thirst it's just not right. It's so wrong. Um, and if anybody's like been looking, you know, if you ever like look into the credits and you're like, oh, I see their names. Yeah, you will see them at some point before the show ends. But that's not the point. Yeah, it it was very strange to get rid of all of them entirely. It just especially when all of them had just m- m- become main cast in season five and they get a good 13 episodes to themselves and not even really to themselves, more like 10 episodes, more like five <laughs> episodes to themselves um and then they're gone forever mm-hmm. it's just uh it doesn't make much sense but yep. i mean i guess you know they in order to uh, I mean, the way that they wrote it sure fine of course sue sylvester would go to great lengths to make sure that she snuffs out any opportunity of a glee club by getting rid of anybody that might you know oppose her and those would be the kids that were in the club to begin with mm-hmm. so it makes sense and it's totally within her character to do something like that so fine yeah fine but it was a bit of a pang in the heart to see the choir room just converted into that computer lab. It looked so strange and so weird. Mm-hmm. And it was like, damn, like it's like it's not only like computers, like up in the back of the room, like on the risers, you see like 
like tables and like science charts or whatever people were doing back there. It was like a study area. Um, I mean, my only thing is if this is a computer lab, why are there like six computers? This is a state of the art computer <laughs> lab and we have like two tables of computers. Like in our computer lab, we had like, you know, tables, like long tables that had computers like every, definitely not socially distanced. Like you would be right on top of each other at the <laughs> computers. Uh, and this computer lab has six computers. So maybe it's like the state of the art, like, like high expensive computers that you have to like sign out for time to use. Imagine, I don't know. I still can't get over the hounds like that. The hounds. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys wait? Sorry. Uh, back. I'm still stuck on the computer labs. Did you guys have uh, any Macs at your school? I always thought it was strange. We had a specific computer lab that was we it was called the Mac Lab and it was like 10 Mac computers as its own computer lab and that was the only room that had Macs. No, we didn't. We had Dells, I believe. Um mm-hmm. there were a few schools in the district that had Macs, but no. It was no, yeah, it was mostly Dells. Yeah, and the only reason that we ever that I ever made my way in there was uh, for the Mac Lab is because I was in the film class, so we were able to use that room to like do editing and processing and all that kind of stuff on there. But uh, I feel like Long Island's school district has a lot more money than Pittsburgh public schools does. <laughs> um, That's just I don't know if it, my. I mean, I, I definitely don't know the answer to that. I don't know that it would be by much because we really didn't have tons of money for much stuff. But uh, it's possible. I I don't know. Yeah. It also depends on the part of the island. Definitely some parts of the island had money. Uh, the Where I was at didn't really have uh, a whole lot, but it's all good. Oh, public school. What a time. What a time. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to head on over back to New York where we're going to check in on Kurt. He says, I'll admit it. It's been a rough few months, but all things considered, I'm feeling okay. Year three of NIADA is about to start, and that means work-study program. In year three, all students are required to go out into the world and hone their craft as pseudo-professionals. We're encouraged to be creative. Get out of New York. Shake things up. How convenient. I'm lucky because I've already secured my internship at the Lexington Retirement Home. So they got him an internship at the Lexington Retirement Home, and we get no Maggie Banks? Whatever. <laughs> Where I will spend a year directing a stage production of The Real Housewives that I wrote myself. All right. And speaking of shaking things up, since I broke up with Blaine, I haven't been seeing anyone out of respect for him, but I finally decided to take the plunge. I got on Tinder and I signed up for an afternoon of speed dating. So it's going to be a few guys. Uh, one of them is an accountant. One of them does pirate reenactments and also is a psychic. One is, uh, 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 works at a restaurant. Um, all sorts of really, really weird really really weird looking dudes (laughs) but rich is actually going to ask him so uh i'm getting something you just broke up with someone he's like oh yeah wow you are psychic um and he's like also you haven't dated anyone since you broke up right he's like yeah he's like oh okay well yeah i don't need to be a psychic to tell that you are not over this dude and so he gets up and leaves (laughs) um so it's uh yeah kurt's uh kurt's at least making an attempt but. but it's all over his face that he is uh, he is very much not over Blaine. And that's fine. That's totally fine with me. I have no objection to them, you know, not being ready to move forward in life. And Kurt's trying here. I, you know, I'm glad to see that at least. But I'm not mad that he like misses Blaine. That's fine. But like I said, I, I just needed them to have that break it off and reset. Start, start new, start something else. It just wasn't working. Um, the speed dating, I don't know if that's the answer, considering how things are going for him there, but, um, okay. <laughs> Glad you're trying. I've never been on a speed date before. I kind of feel like I want to try it. I mean, I guess nowadays we can't because it's social distancing, but maybe in the future. It's probably the kind of thing like, uh, like drive-in movies, which 
obviously drive-in movies are making a comeback now because of the times but i think that drive-in movies are the like it's just like they're so rare but like when they happen they're an event so if you were going to find like a speed dating event that would probably be the closest you would get to that Mm-hmm. yeah probably Anyway, that's what's going on with Kurt back in Lima. Blaine is trying to cheer Rachel up and once again remind her of who she is and to inspire her once again. He brings her to Dalton to let her see what he's been working on with the Warblers. And they walk into the rehearsal room where the Warblers uh, perform. Ed Sheeran's Sing for her. You know, putting her in uh, on this couch, lifting up the couch and doing all the usual flips and dips and tricks. They bring Blaine, his blazer. He gets all joined in with them, and it's a whole thing. Um, And Rachel's really appreciative of it. She's like, well, first of all, you are way too young to be dancing with these guys, but that was incredible. Or way too old to be dancing with these guys, but that was incredible, and thank you so much because it's been a really long time since I've smiled like that, so thank you. You know what, Rachel? Me too. I'm sure you have a me lot to say about too, this. Me <laughs> too, Rachel. This is the, the first time that I've smiled like this in a while as well. I've needed a Warblers number back in my life. It has been too long. And not, like the last time we saw them, they were the villains. They were cheating and doing steroids. And now I think we're back in a good place, especially with Blaine in charge. Um, as a uh, this is the first podcast we're doing that I or first time we're talking about the Warblers since I've gotten my own Dalton jacket, which have uh, still not debuted just yet for everybody. But uh, I well, you have a picture of it, but I. Uh, uh, I'm excited to have that. I'm excited to have this Warblers number, and I really like this song, the the Ed Sheeran version as well. I don't know. It just, it connected, it not connected with me. Yeah, I so connected this song. I so, uh, no, I just really, really like this song, and I'm glad that they did it on Glee. It's such a Warblers number, and uh, I, I really, I like it. You're making me want to be a Glee uh, person for Halloween. Why wouldn't I you? I can't do it. I can't do it because I already have, I already, I already told you I have my costumes already planned years in advance. And this year I already have something picked out. Okay. So do two costumes. No, I don't get the money for that. I'm pretty (laughs) sure I just sent you money the other day from. Yeah. Which I need to spend (laughs) on the podcast itself. Not no damn. That's this is on the podcast. No, no. All right. Well, you, I'm sure, I'm sure all of our listeners are going to be so happy to see you in your Warblers costume. Later in October, I'll be happy to see you too, but I just would not be able to join you. Not this time. Ignoring everybody here, we wish they would disappear. So maybe we end alone. I guess you're not that into the song. <laughs> no, I'm not really a big Ed Sheeran guy. I don't have a problem with the song, though. <laughs> I just don't know it as well as you do. Come on, get involved. Feeling rushing through you from your head to toe. Sing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's so catchy. Catchy as A lot book. of fun. And you were going to get your fix of Warbler's content this season. So good mm-hmm. for you. Yes. Rachel goes back to McKinley, um, and she's watching the footballers at, re- at rehearsal, at practice. Coach Beast is out there yelling at them as per usual with her uh, beast. My grandmother could run better than you, and she only has one leg. If salmon had legs, we'd have it for uh, dinner, not breakfast. <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I just miss her. I'm but so wor- glad that she's back. It's been a while. It's working on them, though, because they're they're clearly uh, putting their all into it. Um, Sam is now the assistant coach. He is uh, a glorified water boy right now as he is mixing together Gatorade and all sorts of shit for the players to recharge with. 
there's this guy that comes over asking for some water and another footballer comes behind him and says, oh, will you stop being such a whiny homo and get back out there? Rachel was taken aback. She's like, uh, excuse me, I haven't been away from this school for that long, but when I was here, we made sure that people like you didn't say things like that. And Sam's like, it's okay, he's totally, uh, he's totally gay. And this guy says that, yeah, I'm a kind of like a post-modern gay. All of this positive representation of the LGBT community in the media has inspired me to come out and be my true self. And that turns out that I'm just an asshole. So there's that. And he throws his cup back at Sam. Rachel's like, are you really going to let him like disrespect you like that? And he's like, look, I'm the assistant coach. I can't really yell at him the way that Coach Beast can. You know, a lot of things have changed on here, Rachel. Like, I mean, everything has kind of, like, been taken into overdrive since Sue has taken over. I mean, she even got all of the football players' families to move in to, like, one condo. I think it's legal, but I'm not sure. But Rachel's like, oh, but, but what about the arts? What about music and, and, and painting and all that stuff? And Sam was like, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do about it. I mean, it's, it's Sue. Like, it, it in, unless, unless, you know, somebody like Mr. Shoe were back here, nothing's really going to change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What would you do if somebody came up to you and just was like, suck it up, whiny homo? <laughs> I would I would kind of laugh at first. Like, really? <laughs> like, that's that's like the best you can do. Probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, because the, the, the dynamic here seems to be that these guys are like friends or teammates or whatever. And this is just Spencer's, uh, Spencer and his natural uh, language usage of, uh, of choice because he's an arrogant jerk. So, yeah, um, excited to meet some of these new students that we are being uh presented to here i think spencer is going to be the only one that we really genuinely meet in this episode um so keep an eye on this guy here he's obviously uh, a part of things happy to see spencer (laughs) even though he's kind of an asshole and yeah (laughs) Uh, so actually i'm so i don't know if he says homo or if he says hummel because in the netflix uh in the Netflix, uh, what's it called? Subtitles. It says, "Cause you stop being such a whiny hummel." No, he said hummel. He said hummel. There's an L at the end of his word. He said hummel. He didn't say homo, which is which is a weird response from Rachel because you would think that he, she would say like, "No, you can't do that." But he said hummel. <laughs> but anyway, she's gonna go and talk to um to Sue uh in the office. Becky's gone. Becky is the Becretary no more. Uh, so she's like, can I help you? She's like, I'm here to speak with Sue Sylvester. It's okay, Janet. Let her in. Janet nods her approval for her to go in. Uh, Sue explains that Janet is part of, like, this correctionals, uh, what is it? Some sort of, like, rehabilitation program to help convicts, you know, get back into the, the workforce. Yes, Janet is a convicted counterfeiter. Yeah, she's a, she's a, a contract, the Ohio Department of Corrections. Uh, she's a convicted counterfeiter. Con- Fake the counterfeiter, but don't worry, she's chained to the desk. And we see a ball and chain next to her. I totally forgot about <laughs> Janet. Like, when I saw her, I was like, this, it, it was like unlocking a memory that I forgot that I had, that Sue had Janet working for her. I just, I like gasped at my screen. I was like, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> Sue says, congratulations, BTW. The humiliating public nature of your epic flameout exceeded my expectations. In a major way. Um, she's like, I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk about the Glee Club. Well, there is no Glee Club. In fact, I exterminated all the arts programs at the school. You can't deprive these kids of an education in music and theater. Oh, I can. And I did. And it is about you, Rachel. You were the very best the arts had to offer. Which means the arts clearly 
don't have much to offer now, do they? <laughs> I was like, what a read. That was a read. <laughs> Good for you, Sue. Ouch. But she's like, yeah, there is no Glee Club at this school. There will never be a Glee Club at this school as long as I'm in charge. Now get the hell out of my office before I sick a convicted felon on you. I've been watching her out of the corner of my eye for the last few minutes, and I'm pretty sure she's fashioning a shiv. <laughs> Mm. I loved this scene because you're going to see the camera start to zoom in on Sue's face whenever she's talking about how there will never be a Glee Club, but there won't be a Glee Club. I'm like, so the, this show was clearly like, okay, here we go again. This is the story. This is Sue's primary motivation. We're clearly in on the joke here. And normally, like in season five or season four, maybe I would have rolled my eyes and be like, oh my God, we went through this for se- three seasons already. Yeah. But this was funny to me. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, okay, so clearly there's going to be a Glee Club again. We're just, it's just about when. It's not about how, it's just about when. Like, so, or the other way around. It's not about when, it's about how. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked last season about how uh, when Sue came for opening night and Rachel had that speech to her that was like, you have made our lives hell for years and we are not going to let you do it anymore. You have no power over us anymore. Get the hell out of my apartment. Um, and that whole thing went down and we were like so weird that these two like really never had any kind of relationship they were two of the main characters on the show for this entire series run but sue's involvement with the glee club was always through will or through the cheerios it was really never directly through rachel she might have made like a sue might have made like a passing comment like making fun of kurt or rachel or whatever at any point or one point or another but it was never directly these two in you know contention with each other but here we are where it seems like maybe that whole thing at opening night was a setup for season six in a way. I don't know how advanced they were in their writing for season six, but if they were, and if that was intentional to get us on the Rachel versus Sue war train earlier, then I might have, you know, maybe I, maybe I like that a little bit more from that, that episode than I did at the time. But I, yeah, it's uh, it, it's just crazy to me how six seasons in, this is the dynamic that I feel like we're exploring for the first time. Unless I'm forgetting anything significant. I, I, I could be. I just feel like this is the first time it's these two actually coming head to head. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. I think that they set that up back in that episode because they knew that she was going to come back to Lima and reboot the Glee Club. And because of the fact that Sue and Rachel really have a small relationship, I mean, it's really been Sue against the Glee Club and 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 Will yeah. specifically, never really Sue versus Rachel. So they had to do something to set that up. And yeah, here we go. Here we go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's like watch. It's like Tekken. It's like, get ready for the next battle. Sue versus Rachel. Which is, like I said, it's just crazy that that hadn't happened. But the fact that it's happening here, like it still feels fresh. We're six seasons in and we're getting a feud between two main characters that had not actually gone there with each other before. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm fine with it. Let's do it. It's like the last bit of like real scenes that we saw with Sue and Rachel specifically were like way back in season one when she gave Rachel full artistic control of uh, the musical. Like, that was it. And then we never really see them speak to each other again. Yeah, it's it's, kind of, it's so little of interaction. I mean, she had stuff with, you know, not just Will and the Cheerios. She had some stuff uh, Sue had with Finn. And Sue would interact with uh, some of the minor characters because that's what they would do. They would send the minor characters into Sue's office to give them something to do, whether it was Kurt and Mercedes uh, joining the Cheerios or uh, any of the younger kids. Like, uh, Tina even would get, like, a, a random interaction with Sue in the hallway. Uh, and that's, you know, where the, where the nicknames came from. But it was just Rachel was always doing something else that had nothing to do with Sue. Mm-hmm. She was too busy. Mm-hmm. But now she got all the time in the world. You got plenty of time now to... Because she's an epic war, failure so. with nothing to show for her career. Oops, did I say that? Mm-hmm. 
Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Speak the gospel. All right. Well, back in New York, Kurt is still speed dating. He's going to get approached by the waiter asking if he wanted to go ahead and get started. But he says, no, I'm going to wait. And in in his lonesome, he starts to remember what happened the night of the breakup. He was doing what he's ex- exactly what he's doing now and waiting for Blaine to come. Blaine's late. He says, hi, I'm sorry. I know I'm a little late, but it's really coming down. And I also had to stop by Mercer Kitchen just to check on everything. You're never going to guess. So it turns out that they are totally available on Labor Day for our wedding. We get to see Kurt's face for the first time, and he's just not happy. It's like, why am I always the first one to arrive? He said, did you hear what I just said? They're available for the wedding on Labor Day. Kurt says, okay, let's just order. I'm starving. Clearly pissed off. Blaine says, okay, I don't want to fight, but I really feel like the whole wedding planning thing is just all falling on me. Kurt passive-aggressively puts down his uh, <laughs> menu to let Blaine continue to talk, because obviously that's what Blaine wants to do. Blaine says, what's the matter? Tell me, are, are you having second thoughts? He's like, have you noticed how exhausting it's been ever since you moved back in? The other day, we got into a three-hour fight because I used a towel to wipe off my mouth while there was still toothpaste on my face. Blaine says, well, how is someone else supposed to use it when you leave it like that? Kurt says, living together is supposed to be a trial run. And I got to tell you, I think we are failing at it. Blaine's like, okay, well, finally, you're, 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 you're finally saying something truthful. Where's this guy been? Where have you been? You've been completely aloof and totally remote and distant. And I like, I don't even know. I feel like you're just silently judging me all the time. What do you even want anymore? Do you even want this wedding? Do you want to marry me? Kurt explodes saying, maybe I don't. Blaine doesn't know what to say. And he's like, what changed? Like, (laughs) I love you and I really want to make this work. And Kurt says, I love you too, but we're kids. Let's just quit now while we're ahead. Blaine is distraught, but it goes from uh, despair to anger real quick. And he's like, you know what? You I will never, I will never, ever, ever forgive you for this. And he walks off. At the end of this, he's clearly tearing up, thinking about it. His date finally arrives, but he is in no emotional state to to speak to anyone right now. So he leaves the poor guy hanging. Do you have any words you would like to say to Mr. Blaine Anderson? (sighs) What do I want to say? Um, I'm looking for (laughs) the right... I thought you might have something. I'm looking for the right word. And I think... That it might be. Cry me a river. Cry me a river. Okay, you're gonna give the people what they want. That's pretty much it. Baby bag. Can't create a catchphrase, and then when people try to get it out of you, you're like, nope, I don't want it. I'm like that little frog cartoon that never sings when it's in when it's time. But anyway, yeah, finally. (laughs) Finally, finer freaking Lee. Oh my goodness! And like this is this might have been, uh, there was a lot of scenes that I liked in this uh, episode. A lot of different stuff that was going on, as I mentioned early on. I like a lot of things here. This might have been my favorite scene because it was the breakup. <laughs> it was the the updated version of the breakup where this was not done in the mature way that Brittany and Santana did it. This was not done in the mature way that Sam and Mercedes did it. Uh, that you could even argue that Rachel and Finn, well, that Finn I guess did with Rachel at the end of season three when he was like. I have to do this and I have to set you free. These two decided to let it go as far as it could have gone. And they're at a point now where it's just 
eventually it was going to come out and it sure did. And it came out since it, it had been so long and they had all this built up inside of them. Of course, it came out very angrily from both of them. And it's like, you know, it, there was no chance to to reconcile after this. It was like, no, we're, we're done. We have to we have to call it off. This is just not working for either of us. Like you literally moved in. It's supposed to be a good thing when you move in. We're supposed to start to feel our life, uh, our lives blending together as we work towards our marriage. And that's not what's happening here. So we were done. We're doing it. It's over. And yeah, like you said, Blaine just breaks down. He's like, like there's a complete uh, shift in tone because he starts off the conversation like, like defensive about, he's like, so what is it? What are you trying to tell me? Like, what did I do? What is it? What's the problem here? And when he, like lets the question rip that is like he doesn't want to ask but he does it anyway do you even want to marry me and Kurt says maybe I don't and that is like a stab directly to the to the heart of Blaine and that's when he just completely loses it you see his face drop he starts to get really choked up and he's like he he didn't want to hear that he's like but what did I do like 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 are you sure I love you like we can make this work we could do something like, yeah and it, no it's too late you asked him he gave you the answer Band-Aid is ripped off and get out of here. Go, go somewhere else. Go cry somewhere else. I just, sorry, that's not, <laughs> I could be a little bit more sympathetic because I'm just glad that, you know, I'm glad that it's happening. I'm glad that they are, uh, you know, the, too much fighting. Just, it, it's no good. No, not healthy for either one of them. Um, so, okay, good. Sorry to Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. Um, this needed to happen. This was the way that it should be happening. And I'm not surprised that Kurt eventually lost patience with Blaine. Although, I mean, I find Kurt to be, you know, as equally insufferable at times. So, yeah, I mean, this was, yeah, this was bound to happen. And I kind of wish that we got to sit with it just a bit more because clearly we're going to get a huge, clearly he regrets it, um, which is just, once again, the same similar pattern of him, you know, being the one to, you know, have second thoughts or forgive or whatever yeah. the hell. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think I have much to offer here. I'm, I'm just, I'm, y'all know how I feel, so. Baby got bitch. All right, well, we're going to go back to Lima in Mr. Shu's apartment, and he is practicing some dance moves and everything. But we don't know who he's talking to at first because he's asking this person to pay attention. He's like, I got to get this right uh, because vocal adrenaline, they're all about precision and big dance ensembles perfection can't rely on my old tricks if i want to get us a win at sectionals which means no waiting to the last minute and he is talking to his baby and his baby is so cute it's so cute look at his little cheeks and his little red hair he's got his mom's hair it's so cute his little danny schuster where's his mom daniel finn schuster i don't know she's at work or in the shower making coffee i don't know I don't know. I Who miss cares? her. I really, I, I didn't think I would miss Emma, but it's been a while and I miss Emma. Anyway, Mr. Shoe says no Mercedes to park and bark uh, uh, and no journey, <laughs> which really pains him. He's like, what I need to know is if I'm crazy for considering having uh, the entire team do a synchronized backflip. And he does a backflip over the couch, which makes uh, Danny laugh. But he's like, oh, why do I worry about anything when I get to come home every night? And see that face. Um, come on, you want to learn some of Daddy's dance moves? And he picks him up and he starts uh, rehearsing with Danny. It's just so cute. Five, six, seven, eight. Heads right into the vocal adrenaline rehearsal. 
uh, and they are doing Dance the Night Away by Van Halen, and they sound good. The fucking lead singer, oh, I love his voice. I have a thing for, like, that rocky, punchy voice. It's the same kind of voice that the Vacation Girl had. But don't worry, I don't, I don't think this is my favorite song. Uh, <laughs> a five, six, seven, I don't know, eight. it just does something to me. I like it. D- good, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, Will clearly, obviously, in love with his little boy. You know, nice to see a different relationship. Nice to see him... You know, because because all we know of him is his creepy relationships with the uh, the Glee Club kids, and we've seen enough of his journey with journey, uh, his journey with all of uh, everything with Emma and back, you know, all the way back with Terry. So it's nice to see like a completely new dynamic of like him and his son. Like this is the first time that we're genuinely seeing him. You know, like it's just a new part of his character. That I mean, that's what happens when you become a parent. Like it opens up like yeah, a whole he new. He actually gets to be a dad this time instead of like being a fake dad. Right, right, right. For sure. Uh, like you know, being parent just opens you up to i'm speaking of course from experience opens you up to like this whole new like part of i feel like your your heart and and your person of like this like entire person that is is from you that you get to love and it's you know uh this is another welcome change here to see will interacting with his son it's like okay i'm i'm glad that this all worked out that him and emma are doing well that he's uh, off at vocal adrenaline and yeah this number really gave me some season one feels uh a lot of this episode yep. did with you know kind of a fresh start starting a glee club at mckinley high school like it all felt very season one and back in season one of course pretty much like the main song from that episode is vocal adrenaline at the time doing rehab Uh, this is before the jesse st james days but it was just here is a good accomplished group uh show choir group and we saw them do rehab back in season one episode one and now here we are season six episode one they're doing dance the night away and they're just as good as they uh ever have been so it's uh a nice callback i think yeah it is a nice callback uh, apparently he he uh, having his son isn't enough he still would like to have an emotional attachment to his new students because at the end of their number yeah <laughs> uh, he's like great great it's awesome um the kids don't even want to stay to listen so clearly there's a disconnect here and he's like well remember my door is always open if you guys have any problems <laughs> <So>. <laughs> recruiting a uh, best you know. man for um uh, my wedding renewals <laughs> in five years if anybody wants to audition for the role of best friend, <laughs> my door's always auditions open. Auditions will be in my office. <laughs> uh, boys only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No girls, no girls. But if you want to be anno- if you want to be the annoying female soloist, that is also open. So, and then there's Rachel in the back of the auditorium after he says that, like, huh? Who's he talking about? Yep. <laughs> what bitch? Um, but he's like, oh, well, if it isn't, uh, the, 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 the big Broadway star and Rachel's like, actually, I'm kind of unhirable right now. And he's like, oh, come on. The show wasn't that bad. I actually liked, uh, the bunch of it. They hug. Rachel tells him that he's a terrible liar. Um, he's like, no, I've just always seen the best in you. But Rachel says, you know, when I was in high school and everyone thought I was a loser, I knew that one day I would have the chance to show them the truth. And well, I got my shot and all I did was prove them right. But Mr. Shu is trying to encourage her. He's like, look, it's just a misstep. You, you know, it's just one one mistake. Um, and Rachel thinks that that's all that they've ever, they ever really get these days. But he's like, no, I mean, look at me. I lost in New Directions, but now I'm coaching the most famous glee club in the world, which Rachel has some pretty strong feelings about. But he's like, I wanted to keep teaching, and I wanted to keep coaching, and McKinley doesn't have a glee club anymore. Rachel's like, that didn't stop you before. He's like, well, I don't have any more fight left in me. I did that shit for five fucking seasons. I'm over it. (laughs) And Carmel pays five times the amount that McKinley ever did. And I have a baby. This is a good thing. Um, Besides, not like any of you guys are there anymore. 
He grabs her a cup of coffee. They sit down. He's about to give her a speech, but Rich's like, no, please don't give me a speech about being a part of something special makes you special because we're way past that right now. But he's like, okay, well, how about this? Uh, have you ever seen a guy shoot a bow and arrow? Rich was like, okay, when would I have ever seen that? <laughs> He's like, okay, well, look, here it is. The power is created by the bending of the bow, okay? So the more the bow bends, the more potential energy is created. Life's challenges are just the bending of the bow. Now think about it. The bigger the challenge, the more the bow bends, the more potential you create. All you have to do is just find a purpose, find the arrow that you're going to put in that bow. Rachel was, was waiting on bated breath the entire time to see what he was going to come up with. And she's like, all right, you still got it. <laughs> but she brings the analogy and crashing down once again because she's like, well, the only difference is that my bow didn't just bend. It broke. Right, which so. Mr. Shu doesn't really have that much of a comeback for this time. Which, I mean, I kind of agree with Rachel here. Like, you didn't, you, you bitch, you got to, yeah, you need a new, you need a new bow. You need a yeah, whole new a, bow. Get a new one. But she might not have the money for the new one right now. Oh, come <laughs> on. She, uh, whatever. Money, money. She's, she, yeah. Um, these two, uh, I, I don't know. I I don't want to just praise everything in this episode, but that's uh, kind of what I'm doing. I just, I'm, it's, it's refreshing. I love the way this was shot. I loved it. Yeah, I, I'm, I like this as well. I'm into the will and, ra- like, it's just, it, it's, we went so long, seasons four and five, you know, in total, really, um, which felt so far, you know, away from where things had been. Rachel and all of her fellow graduates from that year have been out of McKinley for two years now. So they've all been doing their own things, but they haven't been around like their roots they you know they haven't been around mckinley and around mr shoe and around sue and all of this stuff and just home uh and that's why next episode homecoming is going to be i think a good one it's just it's you know everybody everything is coming back to the glee seasons one two and three that we know as as well as it can obviously there's a lot of missing pieces a lot of things have changed over the past two years but Will and Rachel reconnecting here. It's the first, you know, they, they, they have done, I think one scene together in the past two seasons. Uh, they, they were together for a brief time. I want to say in season four and then season five, I guess if, you know, I guess maybe a couple times if you count uh, episodes 100 and uh, the one after that. But then of course, uh, when he came to New York, so it just, you know, it hasn't been nearly as much as it was in the early seasons. So a lot of this just does feel like bringing back things that we mm-hmm. have not had in a while. So Return to form. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, pe- uh, obviously it was a pep talk that Rachel needed, followed by more things that Rachel needs. But we do see Mr. Shu look up trying to think of a comeback. And the comeback won't be another analogy. It'll be exposure therapy. Because he's going to team up with Sam, Blaine, and Rachel's dad, Leroy, and set up a viewing party um, back at the house of that to Rachel so that she can understand that it's not that bad. And once you understand that how not that bad it is, you'll be able to get up and pick yourself up and move on. Um, so they all sit down to watch that to Rachel, and it is indeed that bad. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> all of the characters that we were introduced to in the last episode, last season, are there. Nittany is there. Uh, I think in- Mercedes' name is Infinity. <laughs> yes. So we're keeping the car theme going. Um, Blardy is there, played by Carrot Top, no less. Um, and uh, Cert is there. It's it's horrible. The puns are ridiculous. It's like an exact replica of the New York lofts with a few changes here and there. There's a The show is a disaster. I mean, lighting fixtures are falling on top of the cast. 
They brought in cancerous cats that were spraying everywhere. It's it's just it's horrible. There's a purple piano. There's a purple piano. So some season three love in there. Rachel is cringing the whole time. Uh, Blaine is trying to say it's not that bad, but Sam was like, no, no, it's that bad. Do you think that like when Rachel got to set, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. Brittany doesn't even actually live with us. She was just here for the one day that you guys happened to be here. Um, so if you're genuinely writing a script, you're going to run out of Brittany material after one episode because she doesn't live in New York with us. I just don't understand how she didn't think that this was bad. It's so bad. I mean, clearly it's here for comedy for, you know, for our sake. <laughs> but still, it's like, this is so bad that like, I don't even understand why she would even say yes to this. Like, this was the script. Like, I feel like her original script was probably going to be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I would have rather watched the hashtag, 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 hashtag than this shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's like the actor that plays Cert, is he okay? No. Is he dead? Yes. <laughs> Artie got mugged, at ro- uh, mugged and robbed at gunpoint. He was paralyzed with fear. And he's paralyzed. The show is wild. And, uh, I mean... Maybe Brittany's and then he asks right. for a line in the middle of the fucking episode. This is live television. I think I think Brittany's right that the other script probably would have been better from Mary Halloran. Definitely, and I agree. It's some bullshit. Yeah, I mean we we agree, even though at the time those scripts were just as crazy. I don't know. This is uh, this is obviously not the uh, and, and this is from Fox. Or did she check his credentials? Like this is a Fox television show. Mr. Lee Paul Blatt is from Fox. I just. Yeah, I don't understand how he... I just uh, cannot fathom. Rachel Berry was the lead in Funny Girl on Broadway. The role that her idol, Barbara, was was the original Funny Girl. And she got this role and she was living her dream with her friends. And then she went to be in That's So Rachel. And this is what she ended up with. Oh my god. Like, I just can't believe she let this happen to herself she's a dumbass through and through it's no if answer but unbelievable unbelievable that this inconceivable that this happened so such a quick downward spiral i just oh man yeah it's a shame blaine is trying to tell her look look this was a bad space you know for you this was not a good you know career decision but it's just the beginning Okay, like you can come back from this. And her dad is going to tell her, like, and since when are you a girl who does it the easy way? So I guess Mr. Shoe's idea did the trick and she's going to get inspired to do something about her situation. And I think the first step that she decides to make is to go to the superintendent. She goes to the Lima School Board of Education and talks with the superintendent about Sue cutting all of the arts in education um and the super uber superintendent he agrees he's like i think the arts are extremely important but unfortunately the principals are in charge of the schools but she was like but well, aren't you in charge of the principals he's like look even if i wanted to go over sue sylvester's head and reinstate the glee club it would be impossible at this point the budget's already been set for the year and there is no money for any new programs and rachel's like okay but what if i give you the money I have some left over from that, so Rachel, it's not much, but I'm willing to donate it if it meant bringing back Legally Club. Um, and he's like, all right, well, this is a good this is a good decision. And I think, you know what, I would love to stick it to Sue Sylvester a little bit because I feel like she's angling for my job. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the, the test scores, they're up, but I don't know about the caning. You know, and then Sue, or Rachel's going to kind of play Big Brother here and be like, yeah, she's definitely coming for your job. Yep, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a good idea here. And she he's like, okay, great. 
Yeah, she yes, yeah, Sue is going up on the block. <laughs> she is getting nominated. Um, but he's like, okay, you know what? This is great, but you have to run it. You're the perfect candidate to. And she's like, uh, uh. I mean, did she, she really have a go into this meeting like expecting that that wasn't going to be the outcome? Like she really yeah, thought she was going to put together a club. You were just going to throw some money. Right, right. Like, like, you, your money, your idea, and you have nothing going on right now. I mean, I get that it's not the ideal way. Like, because I mean, we are fully, you know, back in the a, a school term. Like, you know, she's not enrolled in school. She's not at Niata. She left that a while ago. She's not working. So, if there's a job opportunity in front of you, like, I, I'm just so surprised that she was so surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Who, are you really just gonna make it rain on McKinley and then leave? Yeah, maybe it goes back to the thing she was saying to Blaine, like, you don't need to have a teaching certificate to do that, uh, which she's still, you know, is probably stuck on, like, well, of course I can't do the teaching of this. Like, I'm not, I don't but have... But Finn didn't have one either. Right, right. No, uh, you know, th- that's why there's precedent in this universe for these kids to come back and do the Glee Club coaching, but she's, like, I guess, speaking for the audience here, like, how would I be allowed to do that? And it's like, you are. You are fully qualified. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, I mean, she's more qualified than anybody. I mean, she definitely has more credentials than any Glee Club director this the show has seen, to be honest. I mean, she's been on Broadway, and now she's been on TV. So, like, <laughs> if there's anybody that can run something regarding some sort of, like, showmanship, it would be Rachel Berry. So. Yeah, but you know, like, that, that thing that, like, you can say to a teacher if you hate your teachers in high school, like, your musical art t- teachers, like, you know, kind of like the, the those who can't do teach thing, and, like, Rachel's going to get hit with that from somebody for sure yeah because like she has become like as much as people were probably using that on will as well because you know he had dreams of being big on broadway and whatnot and uh that obviously didn't work and now he's teaching at rachel like i hate when people do that to people that's so mean yeah it's like it's like the go-to low blow and rachel is like perfectly set up right now for that to be used on her i did that to a teacher once and i feel bad about it how dare you every time something bad happens to me i'm like yep there's that karma again that's what you get wow for that and for the opening that boy's laptop and finding his porn. Look, that was his fault. Okay, I mean, yes, I didn't have to make it a big deal, but, like, it was in the moment. I didn't mean to, and I feel bad. But that was, like, unintentional. This one was intentional. And I, it wasn't so much those who can't do teach thing. It was more like he was, he, was, he was, like, a teaching assistant. And he wasn't even, like, an art teacher or anything. Like, he was, like, running study hall, but he wasn't, like, a fully accredited teacher yet. And, like, he got mad at me for something, for some bullshit, which I probably wasn't. I was, I was probably in the wrong. And I, like, yelled back at him. I was like, that's why you're a fucking rent teacher or something. Whoa. You got, like, your whole class. Yeah, I got, like, the whole class to laugh. And I feel bad. Like, it just it was really, really mean. Mm-hmm. Really mean. But wherever you are, if you're ever listening to this, which I'm sure you never will, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a battle with a student teacher as well, but it was actually, like, super serious. And he... Uh, it ended up in an apology where he told me that if he, if I thought that he should step, I don't know if I, I probably haven't told this story where he said to me, if I need to step down from doing the play and being involved, uh, I will as like asking me, like if I think that he should, because of how bad it got. And I was like, no, <laughs> what did you do? It's I'll tell you off the air. You convinced a teacher to, to step down no, from no, their no, own no, not, job. Not a, not a teacher, a uh, student teacher or whatever, like uh, whatever that's called student teacher. I'll be excited to hear this behind the scenes stories after the podcast. Mm-hmm. Sounds really, really captivating. Sign up for our Patreon if you want access. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Rachel's going to go back home. Um, she walks into her bedroom and there's someone waiting for her on her bed. Uh, it's Kurt. He says, hey, Rachel. 
Um, and she just walks up to him, sees that he clearly he looks upset. And she, so she walks over to him and gives him a hug. Um, she lets he lets her know, like, look, I did what you said that we should do. I went back to the spot in front of the loft six months from that time. I was the only one that came in the pouring rain all by myself. I screwed everything up with Blaine. It just got so really, really hard with just the two of us. Everyone else, you know, left and it was just the two of us in, in the apartment. It just sort of like got really messy, but I know that I messed it up and I, I blew it. And I really just want to be able to, you know, make this right. Um, and Rachel's like, are you sure you're not just saying that because you're lonely? I mean, New York must have been really lonely without us being there. And he says, no, I mean, I know that he's the love of my life and I just... I just know that it was my fault. Um, like, have you have you talked to him about it? Like, do, 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 have you seen him? And Rachel feels a little uncomfortable. She's like, well, I mean, I, he seems to be in a, a good place about it. Um, it's like, okay, well, do you think that we could set something up? Or we could, you know, you could arrange for us to meet someplace? Rachel's like, well, I'm confused. How are you going to fix things long distance? He's like, well, I mean, I, I planned on being here with you guys. I don't want to be in New York anymore. Plus... I have my internship to think about. We're encouraged to get out of New York, so I could I could set it up here. We could, you know, reinstate the Glee Club together, and I would just work on getting Blaine back that way. And Rachel's like, you know what? I think I have an idea. So Kurt is officially back in Lima as well. Fuck New York. All right. Sure. Why not? You know, this at first I was like, oh, this is weird. But you know what? This is plausible because at Drexel University, we have a thing called a co-op system where you take six months out of the classroom to work in the field of your major. Yeah. So for six months, you're taking no classes whatsoever. And you some people stay in Philly. Some people go abroad. So this could work. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah, no, it's definitely plausible. Work-study programs, like, it totally makes sense. Uh, and the way that they were able to write that, like, so, like, smoothly into the show of that being the reason that he comes back home uh, for whatever period of time, uh, it all works out. I'm glad that not everybody dropped out of school or flunked out of school. Like, Kurt has at least still got this... I know, right? These Glee kids suck. Right? Like, they're <laughs> like... all falling apart. Like, I don't know what Mercedes... Well, Mercedes is on a tour, so I think she's doing okay. Uh, Puck is off Quinn is probably fine. The Air Force... Uh, Quinn is still at school. Quinn is probably the second lady right now, or the first lady. Yeah, rather. so some of them are okay, but so, these the New York crew is falling apart at the seams. <laughs> Sam is back, uh, didn't really land anywhere. So, you know, they're figuring it all out together, and I'm glad that we got Kurt back here in a way that it was like, he's still doing school. He, like, he's not he's not completely like, like everybody else here that's just like, I don't know what to do. Um, so yeah, this is uh, get get these two back together, get them back in New York, and again, I, I don't take any issue with Kurt wanting Blaine back. Um, I totally get that. After and plus, time has passed. They broke up. It sounds like it's been a little while since that happened. And uh, if you know they've had some distance between them, maybe they can go forward and figure these problems out. That's fine with me if they want to try it again. But we'll uh, have to see how that goes when uh, Kurt meets up with Blaine. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But in the meantime. Kurt is going to help Rachel set everything back up in the choir room. They're moving the piano back in. Minus Brad's. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. The AV club is helping them out. And uh, she's uh, she's like, oh, look, the Glee club and the AV club have always had good relations. So we're going to make sure that we keep that tradition up. And Kurt says, and we promise to learn all of your names. And that includes the band members, too. Okay. Splash. Sue Sylvester. Enter stage right. She walks in awestruck. What is this? We brought the Glee Club back to McKinley. I went over your head and got express written consent from the superintendent, and there is nothing you can do to stop us. Let me get this straight. The superintendent gave you permission to get rid of a state-of-the-art computer lab to make room for a Glee Club. 
Uh, well, he may not may or may not have been aware that this was a computer lab. <laughs> so who will be running this Glee Club? You, Rachel? And Kurt says, and me. It's part of my third year work-study program at Niata. Okay, well, I have to admit that I'm surprised at the speed with which two of the Glee Club's more promising graduates have tucked their tails between their legs and slinked back to high school. While I'm always tickled at the sheer novelty of having a middle sex like porcelain, because it's just whimsical to talk to someone who looks and sounds so much like a gay cartoon walrus. You, Rachel Berry, well, you crossed a line. I don't appreciate being told off. And when we met up in New York, you insulted me in front of my bow, simply because I flew a thousand miles to be at your opening night so I could walk out in the middle and have sex all over your apartment. And then you do this. You two have just entered Sue Sylvester's Thunderdome. And I will show you no mercy. Give no quarter. And my battle with Will Schuster will look like two adorable little baby pandas play wrestling in comparison to what I'm going to unleash on both of you. You will beg for death. But it will not come. You think you bottomed out with that abomination of a TV show you ran? No, Rachel Berry. Your national nightmare has just begun. <laughs> I love that monologue so much. Especially the part about flying a thousand miles from... <laughs> There's not a thousand miles in between New York and Ohio, but fine. If I could. So that she could... Mm-hmm. Walk over to opening, go to her opening night just to walk out of it to have sex all over her apartment, and then you do this to me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good to have Sue back, isn't it? I mean, we we went away from McKinley for too long. Uh, we need the Sue Sylvester monologues back in our lives. So Sue's back. Sue and her ridiculous rants about whatever are back and uh, here to stay for season six. And yeah, we've got the war has begun between the Glee Club and Sue Sylvester round 50. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Round. <laughs> Coming to the stage for the 5,000th time. <laughs> Doesn't know when to quit. <laughs> Rachel Berry and the Glee Club. But yeah, this is a, uh, this is great. This is great. Like I said, the producers and the writers are totally in on the joke this time. They know that it's, this is the this is the route that they're going to take, and I am so for it. I was, I yeah, I I, I we ha- we were lacking in the Sue Sylvester monologues, and this was definitely you know I received this very well. I had a lot of fun with that. If you could not tell from my reciting, Sue's going to head out, tell Kurt that he smells like a nursing home, which he does. Mm. Uh, we can we can confirm that from uh, knowing what he's been up to, uh, and then she just makes and a leave mess. her like her like protein shake on the ground after already cutting figgins hours like when's it gonna get cleaned up <laughs> like right so right so she makes a mess she throws everything everywhere and does one of her typical sue sylvester storm outs making a dramatic exit i think i might do that every single time it happens this time around since the last season but you know what elsewhere in lima at what's this place called again scandals yeah kurt is waiting for blaine to show up i believe he it's is- called sandals I thought it was scandals. Ugh, you don't remember? Oh, was that is that a joke? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I fucked it up. My bad. You did. <laughs> we might have done an entire podcast where we went to scandals for the first time, and I thought that it was called sandals. And the entire time, I was like, "Is it sandals?" Oh God, and forgot. you were like, <laughs> "I forgot. They all blend together." I'm sorry. We've been podcasting nonstop for like half a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, at sandals, um, Blaine is there, or excuse me, Kurt is there to win Blaine back. Blaine eventually gets there, once again, late, so things never change, even if you're not in the relationship. And 
Kirk kind of just comes right out with it. He's like, okay, look, I'm here to get you back. And I know that's not going to be easy. I know that there's like a lot of stuff that we have to work on, but I'm like down to like try this again if you are. And I just really, really want to, you know, have a shot at being back with you. And I, I miss you. All that stuff. Blaine is like, uh, 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 I, uh, I'm seeing someone and I, I wanted to tell you, but I was going to wait, uh, and I wanted to do it in person because you know the guy and Kurt Stone's like, oh my God, please don't say Sebastian. But then who is it? Who is it, Matthew? I was hoping you'd ask, uh, and I get a chance to introduce this person. Yes, of course, if you guys remember back in the early seasons of the show, Kurt was being bullied by two specific people, and one of them is back here to date Blaine. Yes, Azimio is back, and Azimio and Blaine are now dating. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, is that Karofsky? I always get them mixed up. This is, um, this is a low blow. This, this to me, and we'll talk about it as the season progresses, but this to me seems like he is trying to get back at Kurt. I mean... He's disguising it. Maybe. I mean, it, it's possible, but also, like, he was off with... I feel like if it was that, we would have seen, like, he was posting pictures with Karofsky, like, trying to, you know, use, like... I mean, it is 2015, like, social media, like, blast everywhere how excited you are, but the fact that... Uh, Kurt didn't even know about it until now. I feel like I can believe that uh, Blaine was genuinely just happy with Karofsky and uh, not missing Kurt as much as Kurt's missing him. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I think that something definitely happened. I mean, Blaine is going to explain how it happened. They they were, he was at Scandals, you know, having a drink or whatever, even though he's not even 21. So how the fuck? Okay, big idea, but whatever. Well, I guess in your third year, you would be 21, wouldn't you? Yeah, okay, never mind. They're, they're of age now. Oh my god, they're in their 20s. Wow, wow, wow. Glee is, this is not, this is, wow, Glee is so new. Anyway, um, and he was doing the electric slide, which he was not. That was not the electric slide. I don't know what the fuck. Somebody, they needed somebody black in the writing room that day because that was not the electric slide. And he was there. And he, like, kind of felt it. And the two of them have been calling each other Bear and Bear Cub ever since, even though... Oh, no! <laughs> Blaine is not really a bear cub at no. all. <laughs> if anything, he's like a... Well, we don't have to delve into that. Um, But, yeah, so I don't doubt that there was some sort of initial connection, but a piece of me is like, no. Blaine is a vindictive person deep down. We've seen it happen more... We've seen it rear its head more than once, and I feel like there was a bit of that mixed in there as well. Maybe they, the writers didn't want to go down that right so much because they knew ultimately what was going to happen between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And there's only 13 episodes. But to me, I just feel like, psychologically speaking, I'm like, there's no way that you didn't think about this and be like, at some point, you're like, I'm okay with dating the person that made that made my ex-fiance almost want to kill himself, you know? Yeah, no, it's so. uh, I can see your point for sure. Um you know, if like it could have, it could have been anybody in the world that Blaine decided to start dating, and it ended up being Karofsky. Like it ended up being, like you said, the guy that has a history with Kurt, and not in a not in a very good way. Um, especially, I mean, Kurt and Karofsky had their own history, not just that part of it. Like when Karofsky was trying to date Kurt afterwards, and he was like, "I'm finally becoming comfortable with myself, and I really think I like you." And then you know, all of that went down. So, uh, you know, Karofsky uh, getting back in the mix here, and Blaine keeping it all in the. Uh, not in the family, but keeping it in, the, I guess, in the McKinley family. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's it's very strange mm-hmm. uh, that we have finally arrived at the, what do we call them? Bl- uh, hmm. Ker- hmm. Ker- Anderson? Lorofsky. Andofsky? 
Blarovsky. What's his What's his first name again? Uh, Dave. Dave. Duh. It's not uh, Dane. No. <laughs> Dane. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good with yeah. Blarovsky. Blarovsky. Um, sounds like a uh, like a, a singer. Blarovsky or Karanderson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are finally at the uh, Blaine and Karofsky time because we, of course, we're going to start the final season of the show with these characters that we are so invested in. And let's bring Karofsky back. Why not? And have him start dating Blaine because why not? Yeah, Kurt's Kurt is he just he's going to be sick. He just wants to throw up. Karofsky is like having the time of his life. As far as he's concerned, like he's he's out and proud. He's like, yes, honey, I'm here. <laughs> like, um, and he he's wants, super he excited wants- to be dating. Kar- Karofsky absolutely is hoping that this night is going to end in a threesome. Because <laughs> he's like, I want us to all be friends and we can all hang out. It doesn't have to be weird. I'm like, yeah, you know where this oh, is yeah. going. He wants a, he wants a, he wants a thruple. Mm-hmm. A thruple. But no. Um, he's like, yeah, I hope that we can all be friends. Uh, Blaine says, I know that this isn't what she wants. And I know that it won't be easy. But I'm just hoping that we can, you know, make this work. And Kurt says, you know what? Sounds great. Sounds like fun. Um. I'm going to go to the bathroom. He leaves. Blaine looks after him, obviously a little uncomfortable. He uh, goes to the bathroom and he cries because he is completely crushed. But I don't know why you cry over that bitch. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, he's your fiance, but come on. Like, ugh. can we at least get one episode? Just one episode of pure breakup. Nothing else. Yeah. No, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm satisfied with the breakup that they had for now. I, I you know, I, and I, I get that they want to get them back together, or at least Kurt wants to get them back together. Uh, like you said, it's a very quick 13 episodes, so time is going to fly. Um, I, yeah, I think I, I could have appreciated if there was a full episode of them broken up to, you know, well, they're... I don't even know what I'm saying. Of course, there is a full episode. They're not back together or anything like that. Um, But you mean like just have them separated and have them do like separate things, right? Like just not back in the same, Mm -hmm. not back in each other's arms in in such a sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I guess. (laughs) Only 13 episodes, I guess. Yeah. And at this point, the clean army is probably already like fuming at the fact that they were (laughs) broken up in the first place. So at least getting them on screen together. They're at the gates of the studio outside with Rachel like, put them back together. Mm Mm-hmm. They're knocking down Ryan Murphy's door. They are sending hate mail. They are exposing. This is homophobic. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a good day at, uh, at the Glee Studios. We'll see what happens with them. I think we can all probably guess, even if this is your first time watching. <laughs> but yeah. Back over at McKinley, Rachel is setting up her office next to the choir room. Mr. Shu comes in, um, you know, pretty much to wish her luck and say, you know, like, I'm glad that you're here. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm just I'm just going to stick around a little bit more until I figure out what's next for me. And he asks her, do you know what that is? He says, she says, well, Broadway, it's always been my dream. It still is. And I had it once, but I'm going to get it back. And he is going to leave her a little bit of a memento. It's the paper that always used to hang up when he had the office. Like, number one priority is the kids or help the kids, something like that. And he's like, well, you don't need me to tell you that sectionals is coming up. Um, you're going to be competing against me and Blaine. So you're going to have to start recruiting soon. So. Just get started. Um, but before he leaves, he tells her, I think that you're going to like it here. So we are going to get this performance of Let It Go. This is the second and I think the last time that we get any sort of Disney love in Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I heard you say it or if I missed it, but uh, the, the line when he walks in and he says, I always thought one day Finn would take over this place. Uh and obviously, that's yeah. mm-hmm. that's not what happened. We ended up with, uh, you know, Rachel's here to take over the job for now. So, you know, it's uh, 
I guess, as close as they can get at this point or as close as uh, Will can get with this vision that he always had and that I think that they always had as well. Like, I, I, I think we always hear so many rumblings and rumors and at this point it feels like it's like a, conf- a confirmed thing and maybe it is. Uh, I should probably do more research into this and maybe if anybody's listening, you know, send us along anything from uh, Ryan Murphy or the creators of the show. Like, uh, is it, was it definitive that, you know, they had in their minds the way the show was going to end? Because we talk about how that final scene was supposed to be Finn mm-hmm. teaching the Glee Club and then Rachel walks in and she says, I'm home. Like that was supposed to be, I guess, mm-hmm. the ending of the show. Um, I don't know. It's it's obviously, you know, maybe they had a bunch of ideas that just never fully, you know, were able to, of course, be put down on paper and come to life. But, uh, I, you know, we're here in the first episode of season six. I'm glad that they're still still keeping Finn's name involved. Um, of course, the plaque is still going to be up there once the Glee Club gets going again. So good to keep, uh, you know, his memory alive by just keeping his name in the mix of the show. He was so important and he still remains so important to so many of these characters and to the show as a whole. So glad that uh, that that's still being referenced there. And then, yeah, uh, some Disney references here with uh, not references, but uh, let it go. I still can't believe believe that Glee was on at the same time that Frozen came out. For me, it just feels like two separate time periods. It feels like Glee ended and then Frozen was like a year or two later. But no, it was very much what? It, that's what that's what in my head that's what it feels like frozen it does came not, out like two whole years prior to this no I, I i fully know that but to me it doesn't feel like that uh for some reason in my head frozen has only been out for like five years and glee is like older than that um i don't know why i have that in my head i don't maybe because frozen 2 came out more recently maybe that's what it is um but for some reason frozen does not feel as old to me as it is like when the 10 year anniversary of frozen comes around i'm not going to believe it um so that's just how i feel about that rachel did rachel need to sing let it go she didn't need to this was so just appeasing fans this was so just appeasing the general audience that wanted to hear let it go on the show it's it doesn't it was a fan grab yeah and it doesn't bother me uh (laughs) cold never bothered me anyway you might say but it just it was like okay all right i mean i guess it works for her situation you know like similar to elsa she's sort of like leaving everything leaving her past (laughs) behind similar to elsa I mean, that's, I mean, if I'm thinking about it in terms of like character, you know, like I, I sort of get it, sure. Um, <laughs> but it does seem like a bit of a stretch. Like I feel like this was sort of like a lazy implementation of the song. I feel like Glee of all shows could have found a better spot yeah. to use this in a more impactful one. But you know, fine, whatever. All the Glee, all the odd. Uh, Disney people lost their minds, I'm sure. I was kind of like lukewarm when I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, that's quit. what I'm saying. We're, we're the Disney people, so well, what's the problem here? They're, I don't know what the other Disney people were thinking, but if we're the Disney people uh, and we were like, eh, okay, sure, um, whatever. But uh, yeah, she's like walking around with her gold stars. <laughs> she refuses to put the gold star down. She She's like, uh, she's begging us to give it to her for this episode. She's like, obviously, I have a gold star. Uh, give me the gold star. You see how much they mean to me. I'm like, all right, let me make my decision on my own, Rachel. Uh, yeah, what else? That's uh, blue lights all over the stage. It looks good. It's just... Sue gets frozen. Sue gets frozen. I don't know. She puts up the sign-up sheet, and uh, that's what we've got. So I, you know, it's it's a very strong episode, a very strong bunch of performances. But I should save all these comments for when I give out my slushy rating, shouldn't I? Yes. Now. That's going to wrap up the Glee Glee Cat portion. Now let's get right on into our favorite songs. This episode, we've got Uninvited by Rachel. Suddenly Seymour, Blaine and Rachel. Sing, Blaine and Skylar and the Warblers. Dance the Night Away, Vocal Adrenaline, Let It Go, Rachel. 
I think I'm going to go with Uninvited for this one. I agree with what you said. I feel like it was a strong opening for her. Um, and I mean, it's Atlanta's more set, so those songs always get you in your feels. But yeah, it's just like it's, it's, it's an unexpected song for a season premiere. I'm not really sure I would have gone. I, I would have guessed that, but it works a lot. And uh, I think that she sounds amazing on it. I'm sure people were probably expecting me to pick Suddenly Seymour, but that's like not my favorite rendition of Suddenly Seymour at all. Like I've heard so much, so many better duets to that, but I'm just being picky. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like people probably think that I'm about to pick Sing. <laughs> I don't know uh, why I would pick anything else, but I am not. I'm not going to pick Sing. I, I really love it. I love the Warblers and all that, but those uh, the first two numbers of the episode are really where my uh, my attention is being grabbed by... Uninvited is the one that is like sticking out to me the most right in this moment. But suddenly Seymour, I feel like, is the one that I remember the most from this episode and or just overall. I feel like I have strong, good memories of uh, the two of them in this song. I just love their voices together. And actually, yeah, since um, since you picked Uninvited and gave some shine to that, I'll give it to suddenly Seymour. I just I don't have the reference of the other of the original song for comparison so i will uh i'll just have to take this cover for now and enjoy it for what i got but i do love some right. sing i do love sing there as well uh it's it's some strong numbers in this in this episode mm-hmm. slushy ratings i'm going to go ahead and give this a point five. um there uh, i'm not really sure exactly what's keeping me from giving it a zero i think maybe hmm. it doesn't feel like the zero you have to you have to feel it Mm-mm. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a zero to me. Like I, I'm, I wasn't like as jazzed. I feel like, I feel like, I, feel, I was ex- definitely interested to see where it was gonna go. I liked how it opened with her like, completely feeling um, at the uh, at the TV show and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked all of that. I just, I, I sort of felt like this was definitely a setup for the second sh- episode. You know yeah. what I mean? I felt like we were trying to chug along to um, get to the good part. So I felt mm-hmm. like if there had been a little bit more. TLC with this one, then maybe it'll get to zero. But no, not 0.5. Yep, I am in the exact same boat as you. Um, I'm also giving it a half a slushy. I just... I felt that way the entire episode. I was like, this is really good. I'm liking a lot of what I'm seeing here, which, you know, anytime that happens in season six, I wonder if I'm going to feel surprised about that because season six is just kind of widely regarded as, as like not the best season. Maybe people often would call it the worst. I don't know if people think that five or six is the worst, but um, we'll figure that out one day. But yeah, so I was I was pleasantly surprised about how I felt while watching this episode. It felt like a true return to form. A lot of good, uh, you know, a couple of good numbers in here. The scenes between all of the key characters were good. Um, I agree, though. It just doesn't have that feel of of being that zero star, a zero slushy, perfect episode. I think that maybe if there was a couple other characters in the mix, if we had a couple of other quick, fun moments, maybe it it like this. The tone was like so serious as we were going through it all, and I need a little bit of humor to kind of add things. You know, like that one Sue monologue. It, it wasn't enough for me to be like, all right, I laughed while I also felt the, the gravity of everything else happening here. So, yeah, I am lined up with a half slushy. All right. Gold star. I'm going to give mine to Sue Sylvester. Queen. While I do not, while I do not condone the fat shaming and the pig pan of it all, I thought everything else was hilarious. I was, I laughed at all of her scenes. In the beginning, when she's talking about what she's done to the school, when she spoke with Rachel, the fact that she has an ex-convict as her new secretary, her monologue to uh, to Kurt and and Rachel, 
I was just like, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the Sue. I'm so excited to see Sue Sylvester fuck shit up this season. I'm so excited for it. I was, I just got giddy thinking about it. So <laughs> she excited me the most. So I'm gonna give my gold star to her. All right. Yep. I uh, I can see that, and I'm gonna give mine to Kurt Hummel. I am. I have to. He broke up the situation, the couple, the the everything that was giving me such a hard time back in season five. I was struggling to watch all the clean stuff. And uh, there is go like, I, 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 I know that I'm coming off as like the biggest clean hater in the world. And I don't mean for that to be the case. Um, it's just how I've been feeling lately. And I know that there is going to be clean content in the future that I do, I think enjoy. Oh, let me hold that thought until we actually watch it back. But uh, for now, it needed to happen. Kurt was the one who did the breaking up and was, you know, uh, I, like, I mean, it was it was a conversation between both of them, but Kurt was the one who would seem to put his foot down and call it a day. And like I said, I don't put it on. I don't put any like negative feelings towards him for wanting to come back here and get Blaine back. Like, that's fine. I, I get how that happens with people that break up. That's whatever. But I just am appreciative that uh, <laughs> that things finally ended. So he's going to get my gold star. And he's also uh, the only one, as mentioned, who is not who is still currently on a uh, path, a successful path in life. So props to him for that out of all these other Glee kids that are just wandering all over the place. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very true. All right. Sue and Kurt. Interesting. Interesting. Start. Porcelain and the person who gave Porcelain the name. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're here, guys, in the uh, in the final hour, season six, starting off strong. Really, really excited. Make sure that you're following us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. You can follow us individually as well. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. Leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else? That's just about it. I uh, am looking forward, of course, as mentioned, to the rest of season six. If you guys are here along on this journey with us, uh, we always are extremely thankful for that. Uh, glad, uh, glad you've made it through season five, and you're taking maybe some of you out there are taking a, a brave dive into season six. Maybe you've never been here before. Maybe you never thought you would come back here into season six of Glee. But we're happy to have you. We're happy to be here. And that's that. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got. Right. Well, until next time, we'll see you all at homecoming. Bye. See you.